Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. As always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe, the companion podcast for our website, jomboeveryone.com. This is a festive festive version of Radio Harambe. I guess as festive as we get, but uh, <laughs> I am Dave McBride, uh, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. And again, in studio today, it's Safari Mike. Mike, the best part about you being in studio is I don't have the stress of having to worry work on my geography before Yes, you. that's true. So, uh, we are going to do a um, very Star Wars type of podcast today. Um, Who would have thought it from a Radio Harambe episode? Who would have thought it? But we are essentially a Disney show, and nobody can deny that this may have been one of the biggest weeks in the company's history, Mm. um, certainly for quite some time. So, uh, in our first segments we're going to have the local news and we're going to have the world news and the rest of disney world and then in our final segment we are going to awaken the kingdom by each coming up with three ideas of how we can put star wars into disney's animal star kingdom. wars that crazy nothing star. but star wars <laughs> Let us begin with the local news, and uh, first up, Mike, uh, we've talked about this a couple of times over the last few podcasts, but the Thirsty River Bar and Trek Snacks kiosks, that is the old uh, Fast Pass distribution building for Expedition Everest, right. has opened. Um, we talked about it being opening, but now we have a full menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some frosty beverages, some specialty cocktails, some some draft beers, and some uh, some interesting draft and, beers. Yes, yeah, some interesting draft beers. Yep, and some interesting um, snack items as well. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, and the, the, there's actually even meals there. I know. They're, yeah, they're doing sushi. They're doing some sort of shrimp salad type of thing. Uh, my memory serves like some sort of turkey sandwich. I'll tell you exactly what they're doing. They're doing. They're doing. California roll, sushi California roll, right. a sushi sampler, which the which we've only seen pictures of the menu. I haven't seen um, a picture of this particular item, although there is I, – I, maybe if I look a little more, I'll find it because I know that the Disney Parks blog put out quite a few photos of uh, some of the things that they're doing. Um, there's also going to be a smoked turkey sandwich, lettuce, tomato, and red pepper mayonnaise. Interesting. Uh, there is banh mi, roasted right. pork, pickled vegetables, cilantro. And I, what is sriracha dressing? I think it's right. I believe that's Sorry. a sandwich. And from what yes. I saw, it looks like there's a lot of pork on it. I mean, it's a pretty substantial sandwich. Asian noodle salad, uh, something called som tam, which is Thai shrimp, shrimp. Yeah. green papaya salad, cool crushed uh, peanuts, 
Uh, just some of the things that's on that. The edamame yeah. is there, uh, the and then a couple of dessert items: the tree, dopey tree of life cupcake, uh, the turtle brownie, and the cookie. There's also some other like small snacks and things. Mm-hmm. They have um, ice creams there, hummus, um, chips, uh, what they call an apple dipper. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I believe that's just apple slices with caramel sauce, I believe. And you can get a Mickey bar there and and Mickey cookies and cream, which is always terrific. Um, The Asian noodle salad is the one thing that kind of popped up at me that looks really nice. It looks like it'd be good to to have a nice little lunch. Yeah, it looks like a nice little item. And then the um, the sandwich you're talking about, the banh mi, Mm -hmm. the pork, uh, that looks interesting. Certainly worth a try. Right, Absolutely. So anyway, that's uh, that's that. And we the have beers that, and the, I like. Oh, well, the, I wanted to discuss the beers as the well. Craft beers are yep. pretty good. There's an old Elephant uh, Foot yeah. IPA, which is a Tampa brewing, right? And they have a uh, Victory Golden Monkey, so they're, they're right. using craft beers that where the names of them kind of tie in. And then Kingfisher, which is an right, Asian King beer, Fisher, right? So they and, and then, then they, Bud Light too, or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, something nondescript. And then they have a uh, some bottled beers, including mm-hmm. Funky Buddha. Which is a Floridian beer. Um, so and, Cigar City. I think they have a Cigar City there, don't they? I thought they did. I could be Hitachino Hit, no. Hitachino Nest White Ale. I don't know that one. And Maduro Brown Ale. That's Cigar City. Oh, okay. So there you go. And they have a couple of wines. Um, some specialty and, cocktails, including a Himalayan Ghost, which is Snow Leopard Vodka. Right. Guava. And a couple of other things. Yeah, it looks good. Looks so, so it, it looks, and then there's a frosty beverages. The flying yak right. is non-alcoholic. It's there. Is so anyway, that's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I mean it's a little bit more extensive than I was thinking. Yeah. The, um, on to our next the meal, look, food. Anyway, I would agree. Uh, much more extensive, food wise. Much more right. extensive. I was expecting a bar, just a bar, and then maybe some snacks that you go along with the bar. I wasn't expecting there where you could like sit around by the water and that'd stuff be really and, cool. You know, then you'd be like borderline Dawa territory. Well, maybe they'll do that. Maybe. Maybe they'll add some seats in the area. Um, just wanted to mention something. Um, the One of the conservation directors at Disney, her name is Ann Savage, who actually has written quite a few of the Wildlife Wednesday posts on uh, the Disney Parks blog, was honored by the Explorers Club with something called the Lowell Thomas Award hmm. and uh, for her work with Cotton Top Tamarins. And we know the Cotton Top Tamarins have been uh, a pet project of uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom right. for quite some time. Um, so she congratulations to her, and that's great little recognition for the park as well. Um, we have a pretty lengthy refurbishment yes, schedule coming up. Yeah. Um, so if you're going in January, you're not have early January, you're not going to see, I think it's the 4th, yep, you're not going to see yep. the Maharaja Jungle Trek. We already discussed the Cali River Rapids will be closed then. Uh, the Jungle Trek's only going to close for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. it will be closed. And then the Disney Outfitters is going to be closed and not open again until mid-March. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the last show. When they opened up Riverside Depot, we had been hearing that Discover- Disney Outfitters was going to go down for a while. Um, so a lot of this stuff was moved over to Riverside Depot. Like we said before... A lot of shuffling going on with those stores, so we won't know exactly what's going to be where for a few more months. The other kind of <laughs> strange bit of news is they've changed the name. And I don't think the menus, but the names right. of nearly oh half a dozen or more kiosks. So, well, all the ones around, which means we have a lot of work to do on the block. Yeah, which all the ones <laughs> around Discovery Island all had pretty standard. They were all called something kiosk, Beast kiosk. Right. Right. Garden kiosk, you know, a couple things like that. And they renamed them all, which I see that you have right there before you. So here they are. Um, 
the allergy kiosk on Discovery Island is now Terra Treats. Harambe Popcorn is now Mahindi. Interesting. I mean, it's a popcorn stand. I don't know. We're calling it's it Mahindi. It's going to do Harambe Popcorn. But it should be Mahindi Popcorn because if you walk by, you're not going to know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. You'll be able to smell it. It's true. Uh, Bradley Falls, which I always love that name, is now Caravan Road, which is maybe a little more appropriate for for the story of that area that it's on. Uh, Upcountry is now Warung Outpost. That's where they had the margaritas, right? Is that right? Correct. Correct. And uh, Maharaja Pretzel is now Chakranadi. Well, that's the name of the river that goes around Mm -hmm. the Kali River Rapids. So that's kind of cute. Um, the Beastly Kiosk, always a dopey name, is now yep. Eight Spoon Cafe. That's where they have like the pastas and stuff now, is that right? It says pretzels and snack-sized pastas. Right, yeah, they have like little pastas for lunch, kind of. It looks, I haven't tried it yet, but I've heard pr- fairly good things. Uh, the Gardens Kiosk is now the Smiling Crocodile. <laughs> that's lemonades and I like that name. small salads. I, yeah, I that's like kind of that cool. And uh, the Discovery Island Popcorn, least imaginative name we had here, was uh, is now called the Feeding Ground. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they, at least they've gotten uh, creative with a couple of these names. Uh, we'll move on to the next. We'll just fire through these. Is all these local stories are all kind of kind of small. Um, this one, I don't really have a lot of information on, even though it seems to be starting now. Apparently, on select days. Between roughly the day we're recording here, uh, actually a couple days ago, and through to the end of the holiday season, January 2nd, there's going to be various entertainment acts. Now, this comes from Orlando Orlando Theme Park News. They're talking about just some additional uh, midday entertainment acts going on somewhere and somehow and someplace. It doesn't give any further information. You don't know anymore. No, I don't know anymore. It's interesting. I'm not sure what they're planning. I'm sure it's just... Little odds and ends to keep the crowds busy. Um, I know. Well, that is a. We are now on. We're recording this a few days before Christmas. This is the week of Christmas, so you know they're packing them in. I'm. You know, you keep seeing park hours being extended pretty much across the board, and people tweeting how annoyed they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just stuff to keep people not annoyed. This is a this is a story that really doesn't mean much um, for, for us, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. They closed the Harambe Market last week on December seventeenth at three o'clock in the afternoon for a private yeah. show, a private um, corporate event. event. Yeah, is that the first time they've done that for Harambe Market? Probably, yeah. but they used to do it for uh, they used to do it behind Tamu Tamu. Um, they've actually closed like. The Dinoland area points. Yes, they close the the Dinorama. They do that periodically at different places. That's that's kind of a cool cool idea. You guys spend a lot of money though. I'm I mean, sure you've you got to fork over a lot of money if you're going to have them close something like that. I would agree. I would think so. And finally, um, now I know nothing about this other than I've seen a couple of pictures and some people have sent me some tweets that I've kind of glanced over. Um, they are either testing or they're now u- doing a new sort of animal experience at Rafiki's Planet I Watch. I've seen some pictures of it. Yeah, so have at it. Tell us what this well, is Well, basically, about. they're just taking some of the petting zoo animals, uh, the goats were what I saw, <laughs> and just taking them sort of through almost sort of calisthenics for an animal enrichment program. I'm thinking the the one picture I saw it made it reminded me of like some of those sort of dog contests. Yeah, kind of. Kind you know, of. where they like agility contests right. for They're, dogs. They they do things and they, you know they give them treats, right. but it's something right. for them to do. That's why they call it animal enrichment. They're just kind of stimulating their brains by doing something different, not just leaving you out there for people to pet and feed. And this is a test phase thing. Yes. 
Okay. So we don't know if this is going to be permanent. But it's nice to see them adding something a little different mm-hmm. to go to Rafiki's Planet Watch. It's cool. So uh, let me see. What time are we at here? Yeah, you got another one? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The uh, What I understand is the menu at Pizza Fari. Oh, yeah. You mentioned opened, this to us. Yeah. Has changed. And it's now... Um, instead of the terrible frozen pizza, it's actually flatbreads. Ooh. And I'm almost positive that this was one of the things I wanted in our three little things, two big, two medium things, one big thing uh, oh. show. Well, we'll get to that later year. on. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's, no, but, that's... I just, but it's there. From what I understand, I've heard from several, you know, the Disney Twitter blogger community that it is a far superior product okay. than the terrible... Disney, uh, you, you Toy Story, to, Midway. My, yeah. Now, I, we've explained this to you. My wife is within pizza earshot. She likes that pizza. So don't keep saying right, terrible. Fine, but I'll whisper it then. Oh, yes, that's it's better. Much better than the <laughs> Toy Story Pizza Planet pizza. <laughs> Good. It's like actual, like real Like regular pizza made in, like, a, in an oven? They use like ingredients. It really? <laughs> really? <laughs> that's fantastic. It looks good. I mean, if you Google it, you'll see it. And it, it, it does look good. All right, so let's take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have the world news, and I have a feeling there's going to be plenty of Star Wars to discuss. I'm not touching the Coming back. at all. Jumbo Radio Harambe listeners, this is Jennifer Green of Destinations in Florida Travel, the official travel partner of Radio Harambe and JumboEveryone.com. If you're thinking of planning a Disney vacation or any vacation, please contact me at 443-424-0181 or use the conservation link on JumboEveryone.com. A portion of the proceeds from every package book goes right back to the conservation fund. We thank you for supporting Radio Harambe and JumboEveryone.com. the news in the rest of Walt Disney World, and with that, as always, Safari Mike. And Mike, uh, this was a big week in Disney history, not just in Disney World. Well, let's touch some other things first. Okay, let's go. Let's We're going to go to a galaxy far, far away, I am sure. But first, Woo-hoo! let's go to the Magic Kingdom, where the Diamond Horseshoe Restaurant is open for holiday dining. As many of you know, it only opens seasonally. It's open this time from December 19th through January 2nd which is a Saturday. It's open from 11 a.m. to 3, 3 p.m. for a quick service lunch and then an all-you-can-eat dinner service dinner at, um, at 4.30. The quick service lunch includes things like a ham and cheese sandwich and a barbecue turkey sandwich. Dinner items include turkey breast, pot roast, sliced ham, very similar to Liberty Tree Tavern, not that far away. Um, prices are $34.07 for some reason. <laughs> for adults. Um, for if you want to do the... Um, Diamond Horseshoe Dining. I, I don't know if I've ever... I have never eaten in one of these places. First of all, I never... It, uh, it really is only open... I mean, I but think... that was wasn't open. always the case, though, Mike. Do you remember going the in there years no, ago? I don't remember, I don't remember either. I've been in there for dance parties during like Halloween <laughs> events, but not for dining Mike loves purposes. his dance party. Well, who doesn't? Um, should I move on? Mm-hmm. Number two. 
Also food over at Disney Springs. Morimoto Asia has now opened a quick service dining location at the landing in Disney Springs. Okay. It serves things like pork, egg rolls, lo mein noodle salad. Cool. Asian salad. Sushi rolls. But uh, go check it out. Um, it looked kind of pricey to me. I don't have the prices right in front of me. Well, then don't go check it out. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole restaurant is pricey. Really? But, you know, Google it if you're interested. Cool. But it is a new quick service spot in Disney Springs. I plan on going to Disney Springs when we're, when we're there. So I, I, uh, I'm Parking hoping. should be better. I know they have one I'll garage. Bus. I don't, I don't I, know if they've I'm had a second one. I'm not park. I'll take a bus. But, All right. Um, there, uh, there's enough open there now that I, I, would, I think it's kind of okay to go and look at it. There's a fair chance I'll be there. Yeah. Fair chance. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. For for dinner or something. Yeah, we'll see. Dave, as we move along here, it's time to play America's favorite Oh, I'm glad game. I have my pen and paper. Okay. Let's go for it, man. Brunch at the Top is now available to book for Sundays beginning February 7th. Brunch at the Top of what? 2016 at the California Grill Restaurant oh, Disney's Contemporary Christ. Resort. Excuse the me ex- for blowing my nose, folks. The experience begins with breakfast cold. pastries served at the table. Offerings include caramel apple monkey bread, a cheddar biscuit, gram- cranberry scones, uh, and it will have things like house-made jams and orange blossom okay. honey butter. For drinks, there will be a Bloody Mary bar. Ooh, as well as cocktails. That's and, included. Yes, as well as cocktails and craft brews, and a signature brunch cocktail, as well as a faux mimosa for children. Which isn't that orange juice? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, a visit to the show kitchen lets guests interact with the culinary team oh, while enjoying God, a small sample a of a sample of small plates such as house smoked orange honey ham. Deviled Lake Meadow Naturals eggs, Greek yogurt, etc., etc. There's a bunch of other things on okay. that list. Then you will sit down for an entree de- uh, delivered to table service, and the menu includes such things as pan-fried buttermilk organic chicken cutlet. So you're ordering off a menu, one way. I, I believe so, correct. Okay. Sweet potato pancakes, uh, custard with warm Canadian maple syrup, shrimp and grits, Poached lobster Benedict and, and a few other things. Okay, iron flat iron steak. Steak. Um, finally, a sweet ending with ending with some mini desserts, including macaroon, mini and desserts, sh- and chocolate truffles. Okay, Dave, guess how much that costs? Hundred and thirty-five dollars. Wow, person. you way overshot it. Eighty dollars. Really? Yes. Wow, that's incredible value for that. There, forty-eight dollars for children three to eleven. For all of that, that's a that's don't that, forget it's breakfast. I know, but there's drinks. There are drinks. I mean, it's eleven o'clock. You can drink a lot at eleven o'clock. Sure, it actually goes from. I think I have the time here. It's it starts February seventh. I believe it was like eleven a.m. to two p.m. or something along yeah. those lines. That's good. That that's actually a pseudo affordable way of going to California California Grill. Grill. Yeah, which I've never even been in the door of California Grill. So. <laughs> I just don't pay that much for, for food. That's just the way. I am. All right. Well, I was way off there. So. You were way off. Dave. Yeah. You would need to take some medicine. Yeah, I will. Take the, the maple, or perhaps that's the Nyquil that has affected your brain. Very possible. Dave Disney has deployed metal detectors to the park entrances oh, yeah, and introduced a new policy prohibiting certain things. Three metal detectors are now in place at the Magic Kingdom alongside the bag check. A random sampling of guests will be sent through the scanners, which are being operated by a third-party security firm. Okay. Cost the, some, the new policies include costumes will not be allowed to be worn by guests older than 14. Uh-oh. And weapons or objects that appear to be weapons, including toy guns, 
The fact that they have to say weapons are are allowed in the park seems odd to me, but they are not allowed. Well, they've had some issues with that. Well, yes. <laughs> Objects that appear to be weapons, including toy guns, are strictly yeah. prohibited, and Disney has removed sale from all Just gonna ask that toy question. guns from its retail locations. So that rack of muskets at is the, gone. Is gone. Wow. Is gone. And, wow. and like the, yeah, the, there was a bunch of them at the pirate store. Certainly, that, certainly, yeah. As well as in Frontierland. So those are gone. That's the new policy. That makes sense. I mean, I, we think that, uh, you know, I mean, they've had a couple incidents with people walking in with, with firearms. Or, or tried to, anyway. Yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure I know what the relationship with the costume is, I guess, because it's easier to hide something with the costumes. I'm not really sure what that's all about. Um, but I don't see any reason why an adult should wear a costume to a to a theme park i have no problem with that i'm i'm, I'm no no issue with the dress code of some kind i always thought that they were not allowed i mean they did, for example I there was that woman so who was removed from the park because she was dressed as tinkerbell and taking pictures with guests right. she was not an employee of the park and they didn't want her mingling with guests god only knows but it's any saying. costume right it does say i mean any i can't costume, I, not just a disney right. one correct so, so if you went there as like uh a batman i guess that would not be allowed so if we this is going to be true for the holiday Show parties I as well. This for the... is it. Oh, for I mean, like the Halloween party. Yeah, I, that doesn't say. I would assume not. I would assume they'll still allow that, It'll but I don't that. know that for a fact. So that it's not that important for security. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then, then that, that that just kills the whole idea. Yeah, well, that's pretty. You fair. know, it is what it is. I know a lot of people were complaining about it, but um, I, I don't have an issue with security like that. I mean, these are. Uh, but but I'm being selfish because I don't dress up in costumes to go to. Um, theme parks and I don't carry around firearms so I, I guess maybe those who do would be inconvenienced but I'm certainly not <laughs> yeah, there's really only one other story yep the, apparently from rumors that I've heard there was a movie released this oh, yeah. week um, a certain certain galaxy far far away had its seventh episode yes although they don't call it Star Wars 7 in anything um they no, don't. it's called just Star Wars Force Awakens. Doesn't even say Episode Seven, does it, does it on the not. crawl? Right? No, I don't believe it. I don't did, think it right? did. No, no, I'm think not did sure, either. but maybe it, no, I don't remember. I don't think so. But anyway, um, that was released. I don't know how you want to tackle this particular story. <sighs> well, but it certainly shattered all records of um, ticket sales. I think it chimed in from last last I saw it was 247. I think it was. I think the, they. Yeah, and I think the actuals were a little bit more than the Sunday. Projected. Yeah. So. I think today it w- became the fastest film to breach three hundred million. All right, sometime during today. Right. So, uh, so it is going on to be the biggest film in Disney history, uh, as far as money wise goes. Maybe not the most important in the company's history, but I, I believe it will end up being one of the most important in the company's mm-hmm. history, um, and it'll probably be the biggest movie of all time. Well, why probably do you think by it'll quite be a... one of the most important in the com- company's history? Um, because for a lot of reasons. Um, and okay, so let's take a second and let's share our thoughts on the film. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, let's do a sort of review and. I'm going to tell you all right now, if you haven't seen it yet, don't continue to listen to this podcast. Oh, we want to do spoilers. We're going to spoil. We're going to discuss the film. Oh, all right. Half of the living planet has seen this film. If you are in the half that didn't, go well, back and listen to this after you do. By the time this podcast come out, which I would assume would be shortly after Christmas. After Christmas, yep. I think most people would have seen it who care enough to see it. Exactly. 
So if I ruin it for you, you are forewarned. I don't, I honestly don't care at this point. And uh, <laughs> they all get their hands chopped off. Okay. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Well, that's just what you do, right? In this in this thing. Um, so. Why do I think it's the most? Your question was, why do I think it's one of the will yeah, be why? one of the more important things? Yeah. I mean, a big movie makes okay. a lot of money, sure. But there's there's a lot of reasons for okay. um, for one. Um, I think this stamps Disney onto this franchise in a oh. way in a way that I didn't think possible. Um, listen, <laughs> without going into a total review and all this, the film was magnificent. I thought it was just far and away beyond anything I would have ever expected, and I was expecting a lot. Mike. I was expecting to have. I was expecting to be good. It was very, very good. I, I magnificent was, is a little. Loud. I was expecting it to be good because really, you have J.J. Abram. You've got a right. gajillion dollars. It's hard not to make it good. I wasn't expecting it to be possibly the best Star Wars movie yet made. Okay. Uh, cer- okay. Certainly up there. Um, I believe it's in the conversation with the first two films, uh, and and I can easily rec- I can easily accept somebody saying it's better than those first two films. Well, it's basically a duplicate of those first two films. It's duplicate of the first three, really. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you think about it. Um, but it's it's everything that we wanted out of Absolutely. out of the prequels too. Percent agree. Okay, and, and it's everything we were hoping the prequels would be. Mm-hmm. And you know we're we're using the same formula the same ideas the same characters but using the technology properly in fairness though to the i mean the prequels the problem to some extent besides george lucas making it a cartoon with all the screens and all that forget that for a moment but the problem with that was that he was locked into a story they were telling the story of how anakin turned to the dark side Right. And why? But he was locked into a story of his own creation. Yeah, that's Could his have fault. changed it into uh, whatever uh, he wanted. That's right. It was his fault for doing four, five, and six first. He had to get to one, two. He had to get to a certain part with with one, two, and three. Oh, he had to get there. Sure, but J.J. Abrams has carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants. Sure, but right. the story of Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. Could have been fantastic. Sure, sure. But I mean, you. But instead, we 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 wrote horrible scripts. <laughs> well, that shouldn't have been shocking. Created terrible characters, except for a very few, mm-hmm. and made a world that looked almost like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that was a problem. And 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 it was just wasn't any good. And it could be good. It had potential. This. Could also have gone down the road of Phantom Menace, but it didn't. Instead, what it did is it reset the the whole idea of this, mm-hmm. and it made everybody think that Disney now, I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, Disney can do with this franchise, film-wise, whatever the hell they want. Yeah, but don't you- because they did such a good job at this, I'm willing to give them... A lot of mulligans from this point out, and still be happy with what they've done. But it's like Toy Story, Mike. When they create, they came out with Toy Story as the first one right. that gave people had so much patience for Pixar from that point forward. We still 
get excited about a Pixar film, even after Pixar has shown a run of subpar films. Well, that's we still get excited about it. Entirely true. Inside Out was very good, but no, no, no. But they've had their okay. they've had their Cars too. They've had you know they've had Look their Dinosaur was kind of a flop, right? They've had their their, I didn't see their it, but you know didn't yeah, and other ones. I mean, there were a lot of films. Yeah, that, but don't you, you know think? What I mean? Don't you think? Forget for a moment that the Marvel movies. And what a fantastic job they did with Iron Man and Captain yes. America and the Avengers gave gave you already that carte blanche that or, or gave you that feeling that all right Disney can can do this can buy a franchise can buy um, a intellectual property and take it to the next level. I'm uh, not sure this movie doesn't prove that it's already been proven. I think by. Avengers by Iron Man by Captain America and that Whoa. series of smash hit after smash hit. Yes and no because okay. Marvel wasn't in, in itself a studio before they bought the property. I mean, it's, a, it's a slightly different. They created true, a studio, but it, but it was an IP that they took and right. launched it to the next level. But this was films, and they managed to to sub. They managed to possibly better the original of the films, which I don't think anybody thought was possible. Uh, I mean, Marvel, when they bought Marvel, they bought an intellectual property that everybody said these would make great films, sure, and then they did it. Right. There wasn't a um, a films that they were trying there to... There wasn't a studio. There wasn't Marvel right, Studios. There was just a lot of characters. I mean, right. they could have spit the bit and made... Of know, course Iron they could have. been awful, and everybody would have been like, well, they ruined that. Right. Of course they could have. But, I mean, of course it, they could have. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the only difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this film... Not will will be the moment where Disney becomes as much Disney as it is Star Wars. I think that this property, this intellectual property, is so powerful and so. I mean, look at what it did, Mike. Mike, people weren't lining up like this to see Avengers. But do people? Th- well, I mean, I mean they uh, were. Uh, Avengers uh, was a big film. It was the third biggest movie of all time. I understand up that. Up until Jurassic World, I understand the biggest that. opening weekend ever. But it got beat by Jurassic World. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, of... listen, Mike, a lot of people don't go see Captain America. A lot of people like it. It's It's got a wide appeal, I understand. But it, this is a near universal property, which is the only other property that I can think of that is like that are other Disney properties. So we have finally added... Wait, what do you mean? Okay, so Universal Films, films that everyone saw and everyone made a point of going to see, the only studio that could ever say that was Disney in its glory day. Okay. Now we say it about Star Wars. And we have been saying it about Star Wars for a long time because that's what Lucas created. But now this is Disney's property. And he, they just proved themselves capable of bettering that property, which I don't think any of us thought was really ever going to happen, that they would truly better that film property. I don't think, though, I don't think the peop, the, like the, the, the hardcore Star Wars, fa- Star Wars fans, such as yourself, and such as, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, obviously. Yeah. I don't think people would be so enamored with this movie... If this was the fourth movie, the fact that one, two, and three were the so bad. Movie. Oh, oh, the fourth and the tri- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, just this is the seventh movie, right? Um, if they never did one, two, and three, and they just went from George Lucas first, you know, the, the four through six to this, and then did this, 
it would be a huge hit. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a huge hit, but there wouldn't just be this love affair with J.J. Abrams and and Disney and all that kind of stuff. Right. They, they would just say, all right, well, they're they're continuing the, 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 the Star Wars thing. It's sure. just as good as the one before. It's so great. It wouldn't be like Disney saved this Star Wars. This is what you did. Exactly. Right. And that's what they've done. And For I think sure. it becomes, I think Disney finds that this becomes, you know, one of their most important properties, if not their most important property from this point forward. It will become their biggest film of all time. This will be the biggest Disney-released film it will probably ever be made. Avengers, I'm sure, this probably. will be the only film that Disney has made probably since Snow White <laughs> that could say that. Well, you're still going to have Avatar in the parks. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Well, well, we'll work about that later. But, uh, but, uh, it'll so, probably beat it domestically, but I'm not sure if it'll beat it internationally. It's hard, it's hard to... I just think it's going to be one of those films that everyone sees. For a while. For a long time. I mean, it might be yep. in the theaters for a while. For a long, long time. And if so it let's is, talk about it, the go. film. Okay. Since we're here, we're doing this, let's discuss the film. Right. Um, the first thing, like I said, the first thing that this does... Now, I have been very critical of Disney recently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the first thing this did when I walked out was it restored my faith in the Iger um, regime. One thing I would say about the Iger regime is for all the criticisms about annual passes being, uh, you know, going up and ignoring Epcots and all that kind of stuff. Right. They've always done very well with the movies. They've always had it. Right. I mean, the Marvel stuff's been great. I mean, Pixar has, you know, had a couple of hiccups here, but good stuff. The anime, right. Disney animation itself, like Wreck-It Ralph and all those have been fantastic for the last five to six years yes. or so. So movies has been an Iger strong suit and, you know, for a while, I think. But this, those are all properties that they didn't have to prove themselves on. This was a property that when, when they bought it, Mike, Lucas fans, Star Wars fans, were, were worried. I mean, what was our criticism of the first couple of films? Of, of, I'm sorry, of episodes one through three. There was a lot of childish stuff, a lot cartoonish. of cartoonish stuff. Yeah. And all of the Lucas diehards were like, oh, no, Disney's going to turn this into... Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, or so, you episode know. one through three was so bad that most of the things I was hearing was they could well, only do it better. Can't, it can't get worse. <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse. It might just be as lame, but it can't be worse. And the great thing about the film, Mike, I think the first thing about the film that stands out to me, and the reason why I'm saying that that, that it's so important to Disney, is because what this film did that the other films that the prequels did not mm-hmm. was it introduced new characters that I think will go on to become as memorable as Luke Skywalker and Han Solo sure, and Darth Vader. You I mean, completely care about them. Completely. Least from the Ray minute you met them. Yep. At least Ray and Finn. And BB-8. I, I mean, they created characters exactly. that were um, that you care about. And they, they had a heck of a job trying to make a villain who has the potential to match Vader. And I think they did it. Because, well, the they, because they gave you... A backstory, which is what Vader never had in the first mm-hmm. film, and they gave you a motivation in that, which makes him so frightening, but yet so compelling, because you're emotionally invested in him right off the bat. Well, I, yeah, because well, because I mean, we're going spoilers. Go right? spoilers. I mean, because he's Han and Leia's kid, obviously. Han and Leia's son. Yep. And they delve that. They pretty much throw that out there pretty quickly in the movie. At least halfway through. I mean, right? Was it halfway through? They right threw? away. No. Yeah. Right, yeah. Pretty quick. Yep. But the interesting. Not thing long about after him, Solo was introduced, and, I, and I've seen some criticism of the character itself. Um, 
on Twitter and stuff like that. But the the reason that I like Kylo Ren, and I think he might actually even be my favorite character in the movie, was that as opposed to other villains, the you know the bad guys that they've had in these Star Wars movies, Vader, the Emperor, right. Darth Maul, Count Dooku, the right. whole lot of them, have always had their you-know-what together. I'm not going to curse yeah, yeah. the S-word together. This guy doesn't. He doesn't. So he's, he's real. He's a spoiled brat, and he's he's a kid. Right. Who's got a lot of power, but he just doesn't get it. And he's the, the when he was ranting and like breaking things at one point in time. That was awesome. Yeah, he was great. I mean, it was a great character. You feel for him. He's like a real. He's like a real person. He is Mike. What you would imagine, and this is what I thought the inspiration was: the time between uh, Star Wars. And the and return Revenge of the Sith that middle part after Vader becomes Vader, that's what you, Kylo Ren is. What you think Vader probably was then, I, because Anakin himself was a, an emotional mess, right? Uh, anger filled, crazy person, and that's what Kylo Ren is to some degree. To some degree, but I think he's more. He's almost like a fanboy. He's like a well, there is that. Of, yeah, there is Vader. that. Yeah, and unlike the other bad guys. He just so desperately wants to be bad. I know. Uh, you know, Vader just sort of gets pushed that way. And some of these other guys get pushed that way and, you know, lets the dark side take over him. He kind of, you go, even when the, when Han was trying to get him to to kind of come back to, you could see in his face, like, he, you know, I, I don't want to be good. I want to be an ass. I want to be the bad guy. I, I want to embrace the dark side. I, I, it was very compelling. That was an incredible scene. And so I've, I, I want to mention... There's a little... Before we move off of that scene, it was a little telegraphed. I mean, you saw that coming right down Broadway, I thought. Okay. Go ahead. But go ahead. What do you want to say? Uh, before we move off that scene, I, I just want to answer to that. Because pretty much every criticism I've, I've read about this, and that's one of them, okay. that one that you just said, really? I, okay. I do not agree with. Um, and because of that... that coming? You know, when he walks out onto... Oh, I knew he was dead. No, no. I First of all, he walks out onto the walk, the catwalk. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh, this is it. This is when Han dies. Right. But then that exchange, beautifully played by the two of them, mm-hmm. where it almost, where Kylo Ren made you believe that he was conflicted and you could help me, Dad. For that one second, Mike, I thought... Maybe this isn't where Han dies. Maybe he dies somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ren and him do, and something forces Ren's hand here to go over the dark side because his father dies at the hands of somebody. You know, maybe there's something. Maybe this isn't the scene. Maybe I do have a couple more minutes with Han Solo, and then and then you couldn't believe he did it. The way he talked to Harrison Ford, the, way he, the words that he spoke. About how it was, very good. Yeah, was incredibly good. I agree with that, but I I never once doubted. Oh that no! Just buy, for buy a second, I thought to myself, <clears throat> maybe this no, isn't it. No, maybe we make it a little bit further. I was know? I was sitting there, we're just waiting for because you could see in his face, like, as you say, the confliction and the yeah. You know, what am I doing here? This is my dad, kind of thing. But and then we find I'm out just, that's not what the confliction was, right? But I was just I, I was waiting for his face to turn like you know screw this and stab him. I I, I never doubted it for a minute myself. There was. I was waiting for some. I thought if that was in that one moment, I thought maybe something's going to happen here, mm-hmm. and he's forced to do it. Ren is forced to do this, but I did not think that that's where he was going. Basically, what he was saying is, I don't want to be good, right? 
but I don't have the strength to kill you, Dad. Right. So hold this lightsaber so I can just turn it on and stick it in your gut. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. So now you have this motivation behind Kylo Ren and that you've never had before. So now you know, you know, what what drives him, which is something that we never had in Vader. We don't know why he's like that. Um, he's compelling. The character of Rey is fantastic. I thought she's she very was good. Very wonderful. Strong female character, I agree. And and Finn, John Boyega's character. His sense, the humor that he brought mm-hmm. was terrific. Having said all that, and I, I like the idea of, of a stormtrooper kind great. of trying to find him, you and, know, yeah. find his way. But go ahead. And a lot of people complain that um, that we didn't really feel, we didn't really find out why. It's just all of a sudden we meet him, and then he doesn't want to shoot anybody. I mean, as if we need to have like a backstory behind that. Listen, I don't want to massacre people. Is that really something that should be? Yeah, you know? I, mean, I mean, there's only so much time in a movie. There's I only mean, so much they, time in a movie. They were right with that. There was one thing that they didn't do that I thought they could have done. But go ahead. The 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 one, the other thing that I think has to be um, brought out here is. I really believe, and right before I went to see this film, I watched the original trilogy mm-hmm. all back to back. Well, I didn't get through all of Jedi until today. I finished watching it today. <laughs> um, that was Harrison Ford's best performance in a Star Wars film. Okay. I mean, he was beyond incredible in that he was film. Fine. He was good. I, agree. I mean, he changed the character just enough, but kept it. He was funnier. Than he was, he showed an emotional side that he never really had. Well, I think he did it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I know the reason why, but he's but they added that element to him, that I, kind of sadness, right, that darkness that he never had. There was a, a something happened in between yep. the two movies, and he pulled it off so beautifully. At the same time, throwing out some just hilarious lines. It was still Han Solo. It was still Han Solo. I love the whole thing in the in the. Uh, he was what, better than Leia was. I, oh yeah. Well, she had a very small part in it. Yeah, but she just and she seems w- out of it. I don't know. I mean, she had a very small part, yeah. and I don't and I don't think that she. Um, I don't think they wrote her enough Princess Leia. Well, maybe we'll see more of it in the next. Hopefully, movies, but we'll see. Because the Princess Leia sort of arrogance and swagger and what we right liked about gone. her was she's not there of, at all. Yeah, she, whatever. yeah, which is strange considering that she's now taken this sort of military position. Right, you would think it, she would be more so. Um, so I, I, I'm going to hold on that one because I, she's going to be in the next films. Harrison Ford, obviously, if he is going to be in the next film, is going to be flashback sequences or something right, like that. Something, right. um, but the, some of the comedy lines he pulled off, it was like, good. It was good. that's not how the force works. And the things he's, you know, and all that kind of stuff, he was terrific in it. So that was another thing that sort of stuck out to me, uh, was just how good he did that that incredible combination mm-hmm. of... of and, and so, between all of this, between the new characters, the setup of the story... What do you think, but before you get it, what do you okay. think of the of those one character we haven't touched on? Or two, really. BB-8. Oh, just fantastic. Right. He did a nice job. I, I liked how BB-8 was kind of like ARC-2, but not really. Where where R2, again, was very kind of... You always got the sense that R2 knew what the hell he was doing. Yeah. Um, he was, BB-8's winging it. BB-8's winging it more childlike than R2-D2 ever was. I yeah, think. R2 seemed to have a, a strange um, knowledge of what was going on that nobody else yeah, seemed always. to. Right, right, right. <laughs> like the thing where BB-8 gave the thumbs up and all that kind yeah. of stuff. That was great. Yep. Um, what did you think of the Poe? What's his name? Dameron? Poe Dameron. I, 
I liked the I liked the character. I liked because you saw a little bit of it in the beginning, right? The very first scene you see him, or one of the very first scenes, he kneels. Kylo Ren captures him, and kneels him down, and he kind of looks at him, and he goes, you know, how do we do this? Do you talk first? Do I talk first? And then he made this like this uh, joke. I, I can't understand you through all that. Like right, right, right. You know, <laughs> making fun of his face guard. You know, his his mask that he had on. I think there's potential in it. I just again don't think this was a character. This movie was about Ray and Finn. Right. I found the the one, and like, I think he'll come into it later. Right. The one kind of hole in the whole movie. I thought. I mean, it's a minor point. I mean, I don't want to make this sound like it was some kind of like horrible thing. But they sort of, at one point in time, you're kind of left to believe that he's dead. And then just like 30, 40 minutes later, he comes back. Right. And you don't know really what the hell happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious. There's either they just figured they didn't have the time to really show him. Yeah, I think that was probably a deleted scene or something. Yeah. Or there's something nefarious going on there. I don't think it's nefarious. Mm. I think it's. Um, I think that he may be a Jedi, a Force person. I think there may be more to his character and his abilities. Okay, maybe because he has the pilot abilities of Anakin and of Luke. Right. Um, and you know, we've always that's always been part of being a, a Jedi was being a great pilot. Right. Um, so he has that. So that makes and he me is th- the great pilot. He's the number one pilot. He's number one pilot. He, you know. I mean, they show a scene uh, like a dogfight with a bunch of X-Wings and a bunch of TIE Fighters, and they really only needed Poe because he cleared out everybody. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously very gifted. So that's what I'm thinking okay. is that maybe there's – he's hiding how he got out of that. Okay, maybe. Because he got out of that using some As trick. opposed to some sort of double agent kind of thing. Which could also be the case, but the fir- that's not the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would actually be more interesting mm-hmm. if he were. Uh, but but he, I, I think he's a character that's got to build. You mentioned BB-8. The other thing about BB-8 that I really liked was that he's obviously completely computer animated, or mostly, mm-hmm. and he just looked so real. Yeah, he was. It was good, right? I mean, that was that was what we we needed to see. There was a few. The only criticism I could pull out is there's a couple of characters that looked a little too cartoonish for me that came from the CGI. The one, the the main one for me is the what, what's her name. Maz Kanata. Yeah, who was uh, I forget the actress's name from. Uh, but but that that act that character became very compelling. So I can she was okay. So I can kind of get past that. But I wish they almost didn't do that character in CGI. The one that stuck out to me was the one who she who Ray is selling her parts to while she's being a scavenger. The guy behind the counter who's giving her the food. Right. It's a minor minor. It's character. a minor character. But I looked at it. I'm like, oh, that's silly looking. That looks like that thing that. That spit all over the place in Phantom Menace. You know what I'm talking. The, the diner guy. Yeah. The no. The the guy in the um, the the head of the of the Watu species that lo- live underwater. Oh, okay. I know. You're and when about. he talked, he's like, you know, he just looks so so ridiculous. I thought of the guy who was running the diner that was helping Obi Wan Kenobi. I think that was the second one, right? Attack of the Clones. That's the second one. Yeah. 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 Um. So now I want your opinion on a couple of little hook things here. Little little important things here. All right. Is Kylo Ren going to see all three films? Yes. So he will be the Vader of this group. It's not going to be Darth Maul. He's not going to die midway through the second film. We're going to see him throughout the whole thing. I think he will be. I think he'll be there. Is Snoke really only like a foot and a half tall? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's what I thought. Um, And finally... I have to tell you, I mean, in terms of Snoke... He was the one part of the movie that I was not 
all that thrilled with. Yeah, why? Because of the way he presented, or the way his look. Number one, yeah, the way he presented, he's just too emperor. Like it's all that again. I would have liked to have seen something else. Well, you are getting the feeling that the whole first order is just create modeling themselves after the empire. Yeah, I know, but including I mean, him. I don't know. I mean, I I would have preferred some other kind of you know. Big, big evil bad guy kind of thing. And we're assuming he's a Sith Lord, right? He, I'm he, assuming because he's they talked about him training. About training Kylo Ren. Training, yeah. And who is Rey? What? Who is Rey? Oh, oh. Um, that is the question that burns throughout social media. Who is Rey? Right. I mean, I know what your opinion is. I mean, she looks a lot like... I don't Rey. have an opinion. I don't have an opinion. You think she's a Kenobi, I thought. I think she could be. I'm being swayed by that, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Um, who gives Luke his father's lightsaber? Right, Alec Ben Kenobi. Kenobi. Right. Who speaks with a British accent? Ben Kenobi. <laughs> exactly. Um, who does the mind trick successfully? And ben Kenobi. Ben right. Kenobi. Right. So you're seeing. I'm just. I and his voice is in the movie. His voice is in the film. And you know what else I read, Mike? Dig this. Um, there is a scene uh, for those of you who have not, didn't pick up this or haven't read it yet. When you when you go see the film again, because um, I've already seen it a couple of times, I'm sure you'll go see it again. Um, there is during the during the sort of vision quest that Ray has. I know what you're going to say when that. she grabs the lightsaber. You hear some voices, including Yoda's. Mm-hmm. Um, you also hear what sounded like Ben Kenobi's voice, and when you hear it. Um, it's very quick. It says something like, Ray, uh, you've taken your first steps or something like that. Almost exactly what he said to Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is um, Ewan McGregor's voice. Right. And now nobody at Disney wanted to say that. That got released through a Twitter thing. There's a guy who did, who actually voiced um, an old Ben Kenobi who did an impression of Alec Guinness for some animated series I'm not aware of. Clone Wars? I, I don't know. And uh, so he, this guy, whatever his name is, it was like Josh Taylor or something like that, yeah, actually, sure. know that came in and did the read, and somebody tweeted him and said, hey, I caught your voice in this. That was you, right? And he said, well, no, actually it wasn't. They got brought me in to begin with, but then they... You win. But then, Mike, after that got out, J.J. Abrams admitted that what it really was was when you hear her the person say Ray, mm-hmm. that's actually Alec Guinness. Okay. And they went back and spliced Alec Guinness saying the word afraid. And he said it in such a way, afraid, mm-hmm. that they could Interesting. So they could, so you hear Alec Guinness say Ray, and then the next line is actually Ewan McGregor. I mean it makes some sense. I mean and you know wouldn't surprise me if one of these individual movies is a Kenobi, you know, between Episodes three and sure. four, kind of with you and McGregor. Yeah, episodes between three, three and four. four yeah, right. You and McGregor will probably be about the right age at that point. Maybe a little bit of makeup or whatever. The <clears> other thing a that bit older, but the the other reason why I think it, and the final reason why I think it, is because um, if she were Han Solo or Leia's daughter, she would have known that um, because she was abandoned on the planet when she was old enough to know who it was. Uh, you know, she obviously knew Leia, but she. <laughs> She would have known who Han Solo was, from what from what you could see, because Maybe, she looked like nine or ten years old. But there, but there is a scene in there where they talk about how Han Solo no longer was with Leia. They split up. Sure, but they split up because Kylo, Kylo Ren, Ren went right. bad. Now, did Kylo Ren go bad when he was nine years old? 
No, they show when he... No, I don't think so. So she would have been around for all of that. Depends on how old Kylo Ren's supposed to be. I mean, And I how old she's supposed to be. Like, but they look the same age. They do, but if he was like 27 and she's 17... I mean, I, and f- it, they could pull it off. And right. finally, you would really have to come up with a major plot twist to make her Luke's. Which I think is what everybody says. But in the very beginning of the film, she doesn't even know that Luke exists. Right, she calls Luke a myth. So at nine or ten years old, to never have known who Luke was, but yet know who Leia is. That seems strange. I mean, it just seems like she wasn't as connected to that family as we think she is. But if she was was a step away daughter, for example, maybe they did that on purpose to make her a step away. Kept her away from Luke. Maybe Luke doesn't even know it's his daughter. Before Luke even... I mean, but why? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. They're going to have to create a whole mythology here. When all they got to do is say... Mythology is how did Kenobi... Who's Kenobi hooking up with if it's his daughter or granddaughter? No, it wouldn't be his daughter. It would be his granddaughter. So it would be a descendant of Ben... It would still have to have a child with somebody somewhere along the way. That's easy enough to do. There's a lot of... But there's a lot of Ben Kenobi's adult life that's not pictured in the films. Oh, that's true. When there's almost hanging out on Tatooine for a long for ages, right? Not only that, but also before Phantom Menace, he was an adult at Phantom Menace. He was a young adult, but he was an adult. Yeah, but well, yeah, but he was in the Jedi Academy and stuff. They're not yes. supposed to have girls, right? In the they're not supposed. But not supposed to be married. Wasn't he also the Padawan of the outlaw? Of the Jedi Order in Qui Gon Jinn. And anyway, anyway, let's not get too. <laughs> I don't. Want to, I don't want to go on too much further in this. Uh, we've, we've certainly covered this film uh, pretty extensively. If you have any comments or uh, you know you want to talk to us a little bit more about the film, uh, certainly feel free to uh, tweet at Mike at Jumbo Everyone or or myself and I'm at Radio Harambe. Uh, anyway, let's take a break, and when we come back. We're not done with the Force. We're not done with Star Wars. We're going to come up with three ways we can add Star Wars to the animal kingdom. that we were going to do our three ideas of bringing Star Wars into the Animal Kingdom. But unfortunately, we're having a recording meltdown when Mike and I actually did it the first time. Then we recorded a second time with no better results than than the first time around. Uh, So in the interest of just getting this podcast out and certainly getting the review out so that uh, it's timely and you guys can listen to it, uh, we're going to have to save our feature presentation for another show. Uh, as disappointing as that may be, uh, we've never had to actually cut a show before due to technical issues. Uh, so this is a first for us, but we're going to do it, and then we're going to come back to that idea in the beginning of the new year. Uh, we have some great ideas coming up for some shows. Uh, we do our year-ending and year-beginning shows are next up. You'll hear us sort of review the last year at Animal Kingdom and then look forward to the next year uh, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Those are the next two shows coming up, and then hopefully after that we'll revisit the Star Wars idea Uh 
Those are my tauntauns barking out in the back that you hear there. Um, so if you want to reach us, Mike can be found at Jombo Everyone on Twitter. I can be found at Radio Harambe. Also, the best way to get in touch with me is to go to JomboEveryone at gmail.com and just email me there. We here at Radio Harambe want to wish you and your family and all your loved ones a very happy and safe holiday season. And uh, for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride, Quaharini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Radio Harambe.